I didn't tell you guys this. I bought something over the hall over New Year's. What'd you buy? So you both were in my setup last week or last time we did the show and you got to see how amazing it was with the two TVs and the VCR and, and all of that. Yeah, what, yeah. What do you think could make that better? A beanbag chair. Like one of those like vinyl on the outside beanbag chairs. They get like way too cold in the winter and way too hot in the summer. That one. Not beanbag filled, just air filled. Ooh. Old air pink, filled? like teal colored plastic uh, inflatable furniture. You, I My furniture is comfortable already. I don't need more furniture. I cave. Is, it a, is it a media thing? It is a media thing. Record player. No. I have one ah. of those upstairs. An 8-track player. No. Ooh, that's a good island guess. <laughs> I bought a projector. Did you now? Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I have a projector. I got this, a projector stand before that, which is a whole story that I'll tell you guys off the air. But I was getting – I kept saying projector to my wife enough that I was getting ads on TikTok for projectors left and right. So I bought a projector with a screen for – a decent price. So we'll see how it turns out. So here's, here's the part where Alan tells us he's not actually in his basement. This is the projection. He's actually on vacation somewhere. I, I'm a hologram. Alan, where are you? I am next door, Devin. I'm right down I'm Perfect. right down the hall in a different flat. <gasps> Twenty seven pressing lane. Oh no. Yeah. It had to be you. It had to be you. I wandered around and finally found the somebody who. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And each week on You Have to Watch This Podcast, we pick a film that one of us, at least one of us, has never seen before. This week is my pick, and I pick the um, Rob Reiner film, When Harry Met Sally, starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Uh, A film that Devin and Ryan had not seen, correct? Correct. Partly, yes. Partly. Okay. I've seen. I've seen the scene. Like I've seen the scene. Everyone's seen. Yeah. Every, every everyone's seen the scene. Um. So we'll get we'll get into that shortly. But before we do, we like to start off the show by catching up on things that we've watched in pop culture, and we have a lot to get through for this segment because I think we each have two things that we want to talk about. But before we before we get into Harry Met Sally, we're going to talk about the the big uh, sci-fi release over on Netflix. All spoiler free. We're going to talk a bit about. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Okay, that's all I've got to say about Rebel that's Moon. That's it. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> no more guys. <laughs> it was okay. So this is uh, Zack. This was Zack Snyder's um, potential Star Wars film. It's pretty much the Seven Samurai in space, or as a lot of people called it in Ryan's comments, Bugs Life in space. <laughs> I mean, that's seriously what it was. I remember watching it and I said out loud to Kristen, like, this is Bugs Life. Like, as soon as they walked into the bar, like, yeah. same premise, same premise. Well, I mean, so is, um, so is, so, uh, Bugs Life is just Seven, seven Samurai. Yeah. Yeah. So. Still. Yeah. It, it was um, okay. I have a question for you guys. Name yes. any one character's name. I only saw it once, so I can't do that. Yeah, me, I me too. Do, I couldn't do that to a movie I liked, though. Well, like, even when you time. watch Star Wars, you're like, ah, Han Solo. Like, that's a catchy name. Like, with this one, it's like the shirtless one. Or, like, the one with the swords. Or the guy who played Cyborg and then nothing else. <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I didn't like this. 
I, I know that there's an extended version coming out because, of course, there is. I really don't want to watch it, guys. Don't make me do it. I will, but uh, don't make me do it. That just that just makes me mad at the fact that, like, oh, look, here's what the release, and oh, no, there's another one coming out that's longer. Like, this this premiered on Netflix. Netflix pretty much let him do whatever he wanted. Why not just release the longer one first and let that be the actual thing? Like, oh, do we have to do this baby? again? Yeah, you do we have to views. do this again? I, I, I don't get that either. So... I am invested enough in it to watch the second one because I'm like, eh, but I still want to see where it's going because it does have some elements that I do like. Horny robot. What? Horny I robot. want more. I want no. more of the robot. I want more. Yeah, I want more of the robot. Anthony, yeah. I want more of that actor. You can't. You can't put Anthony Hopkins in a thing and then not use him. What is this? The Thor movies? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> that was my biggest disappointment. Like, I really like him. And he was only in it for, what, like a total of three minutes? So he better yeah. be in it a lot in the next one. Um, um, because I really want to know how he got the crown of yeah. weeds. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. De- Ryan, you watched another thing on Netflix that you told us in private that you were having trouble getting through. You watched uh, Leave the World Behind. Did you I never finished it? it. You never finished it? I did. It? Okay, yes, who, okay. Um, you, I did. You, you picked that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Devin, you go. Sorry. So I picked the thing that everyone's boomer parent is talking about right now. Uh, guys, I watched Leave the World Behind. It's fine. Uh, I totally get why people would be like weird about this movie. I thought it was good. I went into it with zero expectations and zero cultural anything behind it. I didn't know what kind of conspiracies would pop out afterwards. I didn't know what kind of social discourse it would cause. It almost feels like it's built to have... It almost feels like it's like paste your political opinion here and then the movie kind of goes however you want it to go based on what your political opinion is. Okay. Which is great. Which, like, which it, it feels like you guys ever Not seen really. that South Park episode where the, the kids write a book called The Pooh That Took a Pee. Oh, yeah. And and every political side of it's like, well, this is the most left-leaning book I've ever read. And they're like, well, I don't know what book you read. This is the most conservative book I've ever read. It's what this movie is. It's it's everything's. It's everyone's political opinion. Put yours there. You're gonna love it. Uh, I thought it was good. I liked it. We'll probably do it on the podcast just because I like making Ryan suffer. Put your conspiracy theory here. Yes, like, that's pretty yes, much what the ex- movie is. It is exactly what the movie is. And you know what? Um, yeah. Fine. Yeah, it's based off a book. Uh, my sister-in-law has read the book. Um, mm-hmm. She liked it up until the ending that's as much as she told me and as much as i wanted to to ask about it um i like the ending because i didn't want to know um but my problem is that the trailer and the first three minutes of the movie gives me nothing gives me absolutely nothing to look forward to until the very end i don't know all right it's fair We'll we'll have to talk about it on the show eventually. We so will. Yeah, I feel like we we're will. gonna. I feel like we can't say much more without diving into to spoilers. No, we um, can't. I watched a movie over on Hulu that I wanted to see in theaters, but didn't get around. Oh nope, uh, Devin, you also saw Wonka. I forgot I had this in here. Did you not um, see Wonka too? I did see Wonka. I did see Wonka. We saw Wonka. We saw like Wonka. It. Not together. I liked it. No. It was it was fun. Yeah. 
This, okay, so I got a little mad at first when I first like started watching it because it's tonally very different from any other Willy Wonka movie in existence. Good. But then the more I leaned into it, the more I'm like, no, I want a Wonka movie like this. Like, they got the tone really, really right. I loved it. I I rewatched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory the other night because I've had pure imagination stuck in my head since I saw Wonka. As you should. Um, and... There's enough of the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka in Timothy Chalamet's performance, but I wanted more. Like there are li- just sure. li- little moments that that you can see Gene Wilder coming through, like a little bit of the craziness, a few of the mannerisms. Watching Willy Wonka, it it feels like he's like in that movie. It's all just a con. Like a lot of the stuff that he did in Wonka was. Yeah. Uh, because at the end, like that's when you see the Willy Wonka that, you know, from the new one, like the, oh, when yeah. he's, he's pure and like excited for Charlie. Um, don't see any of the Johnny Depp. <laughs> I was going to ask Wonka if you saw any of him. No. And that's no. fine. Um, I enjoyed it. The, um, the music was interesting. Like I like, like it. I like some songs. I I don't know how I feel about the law. The lyrics. There's chocolate, and then there's chocolate. Oh no, I liked it. It, um, it sounds so like snooty, right? Like there's chocolate, and then there's chocolate, my boy. Like I don't know, it's that. I don't know. I liked it. Overall, it, the film the film was good. Like I from the filmmakers of Paddington Two. Uh, I it's exactly tell. it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, I'm gonna put my uh, my flag down. This might be my favorite Wonka movie. I mean that that's fair. Yeah. Um. In the chat, Romano versus the game says, "Did not know there were going to be songs. What a surprise! They didn't. Yeah. They didn't market it as a musical at all. No. And that's all it is. It's a straight up musical." Yeah, and like maybe like three seconds into the trailer, they're making what looks like it could be a chorus line, mm-hmm. but they don't they don't like give you that it's songs at all. Yeah, yeah. I just love that the the director who has worked on Paddington. I'm really curious if he worked on Downton Abbey because there's just so many people from Downton Abbey that show up in his movies. Is there really? Yeah the uh, the the accountant was one of the butlers on at Downton Abbey. Ah, uh, that's fun. So. Um, my pit, one, one of the things I watched that I was trying to talk about before I watched the creator on Hulu. <gasps> tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. It's going to be one of my next picks for the show. Um, might be my favorite movie of 2023. Wow. Because it does everything that I like about sci-fi, right? It's lower budget, uh, cheaper cameras, but it's still a compelling story and it looks fantastic. This is, it feels, it looked like what I wanted Rebel Moon to be. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar in, very similar in concepts, very different uh, in execution. Good. Because you can tell everything in Rebel Moon that was shot on green screen. This one's a little bit more difficult. And this is from Gareth Edwards, who was the director of Rogue Rogue One and Godzilla. 
Um, it makes it sound like it was a Rogue One versus Godzilla movie. No, uh, the Star Ooh. Wars Rogue One. Yeah, uh, I'd be all right with that. Godzilla Rogue One. It's a sequel to minus yes. one. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is going to be coming up soon on my picks for the show because I liked it that much. Um, that's awesome. But and then Devin, you also watched all of the Hunger Games movies. And all I have, of the Hunger Games. I have movies. one question. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so if I was actually thinking I the same thing. So that was what we did on Christmas. Actually, we did it Christmas slash Boxing Day. That was what we had done, uh, and we had just come off of Rebel Moon. And I gotta tell you guys, like the mixture of like watching Rebel Moon and then watching the Hunger Games is like eating literal garbage and then going to McDonald's. It's it's so good, like. The, I mean, the movies were really good. I really enjoyed all of the Hunger Games movies. I didn't like the last one so much, I think. Um, I'm still very firmly Team Gale after watching all of them. I still think Pete is a shit. Um, and I'm going to make all of us watch all of these movies at some point so we okay. can t- discuss it. Because you guys all haven't... I think Ryan has seen all of them based on his reactions, right? I've seen the first one. Oh, you have a whole world to go. I've no, seen. I don't. I've seen the sick. first. I've seen the first two. Okay, got it. And that was like back when they first came out, so it's been years. Um, got it. But yeah, I'm down for I'm down for a binge episode where we watch all of these. Um, Heck yeah, man! Because remember, we have our Oscar bet coming up here soon. We do have so, our Oscar bet. Uh, I think they just announced when nominations are going up, so we have Ooh, twenty days. Twenty days to start watching things that are going to be nominated for Oscars, and then go from there. Good. Um, okay. The last thing that I have. Oh no, Ryan, you had something else. I need to. Yes. I need to start writing everything down because I pull it all and then I forget. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you watched Final Destination six. I no 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 oh, no, just, no sorry just, the, just so, Final Destination. I just pulled a poster of one that didn't exist because I wanted to tell you guys I had the final fantasies the final destinations would you stop the final destination the final destination movies were my biggest fear because they hit the actual anxiety that i have of like just random crap happening to you of like different things so i saw the first one when it first came out and it literally like almost made me have a panic attack almost um and i was like i'm done with these movies like i get that they can get kind of silly but these deaths are too like too accidentally possible mm-hmm. for me to like enjoy these storylines so Kristen decided to binge them over between you know the christmas new year's break and i walked in on three and i'm like this is cartoonish violence like this is cartoonish like these people don't have bones they're water balloons they just pop and i was laughing through it and she's like you haven't seen these and i explained the whole thing and she goes we need to watch these i'm like just not the first one and she goes yeah the first one's a bit more serious than the rest of them so i watched two through five i love these movies so i went from like absolutely staying away from these things not wanting to deal with them because i thought they would trigger like my actual anxiety and i was laughing through them because the the deaths are ridiculous and these people are just made of like blood balloons and they just pop um when 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 everything's happen so i just wanted to get that out there that like i actually enjoy like movies that i considered to be like the series i would never touch that's cool i mean 
you and I had very different binges this uh, this break then it looked like. <laughs> yeah, so I just I just wanted to get that out there. And sixes might be happening. I have no idea. I just wanted to throw a poster up there okay. that would like fill the spot without okay. having it be one movie. Um, yeah, nice. you guys both binge series. I started a binge not on a series but on a person. Because um, I watched the documentary Albert Brooks Defending My Life which is a documentary about comedian, screenwriter, director, and actor, Albert Brooks. It's very, half of it's a documentary about his career and starting off with like doing comedy on the the tonight show with Johnny Carson. The other half of it is just what him and director Rob Reiner called my dinner with Albert. It's just the two of them in a restaurant (laughs) talking about their, about his life. Um, And they go through like all of his career and like, pretty fascinating stuff. Like, did you know Albert Brooks was born Albert Einstein? Like that's his, <laughs> no, le- that was wasn't. his name. Um, they talk about that. Um, I, I, I learned about this from Conan O'Brien needs a friend because they were both on there. And it's a Devin. I think it's a fantastic episode that you'll love. Um, I need to listen to it. But the biggest thing that I took from this documentary was I need to watch more Albert Brooks movies. So I started watching them. I'm going to go through them all, but I watched um, lost in America, which Devin, how much Albert Brooks do you know? I, I googled his name. I see that he, he's involved. He's the, the he's Simpsons the movie. He's the dad in Finding Nemo. He's he's oh is yeah. He? He's the dad of Finding Nemo. He's the villain in the Simpsons movie. Um, he's in Drive. He's in He's the villain in Drive. He's Jacob the Tiger in Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. No, I don't know anything about him. Okay, these films are going to be right up your alley. His sense of humor oh, is good. Right up. Like, you're going to love it. Ryan, I, I think wait. you'll like it to a point. Suffering. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. But, oh. um, but the reason I'm leading off, with, I'm le- ending the segment with this, is the documentary is directed by Rob Reiner, who also directed this week's film, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, hey. Uh, hey, well, yeah, look, segues. Look at you. Um, I'm talking about the, what year was it? 1989 film when Harry met Sally starring Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. Um, this is directed by Rob Reiner, as we mentioned, and written by Nora Ephron. Devin, you've watched another Nora Ephron film on this podcast. Do you know which one it was? Is it, is it, you've got mail? Yes. Yes. yes it is. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, in Harry Met Sally, um, Harry and Sally have known each other for years and are very good friends, but they fear sex would ruin the friendship. That's a horrible description for this. That's movie. a really bad description. That's a really, that is a really bad that description. That is very bad. Blah. Was um, that was that IMDb? It was. Uh, that was the the first description of IMDb. Sally goes from hating Harry to eventually marrying him. That's every rom com. Don't do that either. <laughs> Pretty Not much every rom com. Like the last sentence of this description is probably the best one. Uh, can a man and woman be friends without sex getting in the way? Oh, we. I want to come back to this then. Yeah, we will. Because, but yeah, can we? Yeah, no, we will. <laughs> we we have will. To. Like, uh, we'll 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 circle back to that. But like, the rest of the, the rest of the descriptions are, are very long winded. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to read those. But the. Uh, so this is a film that I have seen several times before. 
I always liked You've Got Mail. So I came to this one later. Um, I've always liked Billy Crystal. Um, this is one of the big three rom-coms with Meg Ryan that I've, I've seen. Um, I've really liked the sense of humor of, of this, the style, uh, the, the interludes with the, the couples talking about how they met and their stories really, um, is a nice device that I've seen used in other things like Ted Lasso, uh, which was, which is always fun to come back to. But, um, yeah, I like this movie enough that I, I bought a poster for it. Not because I, I knew we was going to do, we were going to do it for the podcast and wanted it behind me. Um, definitely not why I bought it, but yeah, I enjoy this movie. I think the sense of humor is great. I love the chemistry between Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, even though I'm used to the chemistry between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, uh, which we'll talk about a bit later. We'll have to. Um, but I'm curious, uh, Ryan, you said you have seen parts of this before, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to elaborate um, on that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, nope. I saw the first 20 minutes and turned it off. I mean, <laughs> I saw the first 20 minutes and turned it off. That was like four or five years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Why? I Why'd figured. Off? Um, I figured that the whole movie was based around one topic. And I was like, if this is going to be an hour and a half of this, then this is going to be beaten to death by the first hour and I don't care to watch any more of it. Okay. Was the one topic that can a man and woman be friends? Yeah. Okay. I mean, kind of, kind of it is. Well, we're going to talk about that as okay. we get okay. into more detail about how I progress through watching this. Okay. Oh, you have a journey. I love a journey for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Devin, what did you think of when Harry met Sally? I saw, so all I had seen up until this point, obviously, is just the scene. Uh, and I I had, you know, okay, you know I do the Devin thing, right? Where I have a whole movie in my head. Because I've seen a scene, and I basically know what the movie is. I did this with Robocop, I did Starship Troopers. Mm -hmm. I've also done this with When Harry Met Sally. I, the movie I made in my head is that Harry is a busy businessman with too much time. And Sally is this wild, free-spirited lady who's willing to do anything in public. And she teaches him to loosen up. He teaches her to become more rigid. And together they have this loving relationship. That was the movie I built in my head. So, so uh, you, you, thought this, you thought this was a Hallmark what? movie? Yeah, basically. I mean, look, up until when you guys had had, had me watch more romance or rom-com movies, basically every rom-com movie was a Hallmark movie in my head. So this was very consistent for what I thought these plots were. But imagine my surprise when the movie certainly wasn't that. And when it opened on an old couple talking about how they met. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, I really liked this movie. I, it had my attention the whole time. Uh, there's so much good about this movie. And I'm really, really, really excited to dig into the things I liked, but then also the things I don't like, because there's really one really big thing I did not, did not like about this movie. Uh, but also kind of loved it. Is it something we should start off on? Yes, it is. Okay. Let, let's dive into it. What did you, what is it? The second he opened his freaking mouth, I hated Billy Crystal's character. I hated him. Oh, really? His, his whole, like, I, I can't tell if this is like, these are hilarious jokes in the nineties guys, or 80s. if he's just eighties, 80s, 80s, right, <laughs> 89. 
These are hilarious jokes in the 80s, guys, and you're just too 2023 to understand it, Devin. Or if, like, he's just supposed to come off as a shit, like, the whole time. But, like, up until almost the very end when he's eating ice cream in on New Year's Eve alone, I, like, do not care about what's happening to him and thinks he deserves it. Like, the whole Helen stuff, I, I sympathize. I do sympathize with that, how he, like, feels deeply and there's, just, like, emotional undercurrent. I like that. But anytime he opens his mouth and he's, like, trying to be quippy or funny, I'm like, gross, gross, stop, <laughs> gross. Okay. Do you guys have that? Like, tell, tell me I'm I, crazy. Or I think tell me that I don't understand he, old jokes. He grows on me a little bit faster. I think that, that first scene when they're in the car and he's, like, spitting the whatever seeds out the, the window. The grape seeds. Yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not supposed to like him there. Oh, he's, um, oh gosh! My the biggest, yeah. but the biggest distraction for me in that scene is his t- is his hairpiece, because <laughs> he, like Billy Crystal, it it doesn't work. Like college age, like aging him down to be college age is comical in this. Um, <laughs> Meg Ryan, it, it kind of works. Like she doesn't really age up, or they don't really have to de-age her at all. But with him, they have to do something with his hair. And it just like, I don't know why they didn't just put a ball cap on him. Cause he's Billy crystal and he loves the Yankees anyway. So just put a ball cap on him, but no, they had to go with that horrible, horrible wig. Um, I, I, I think it's intentional that you're not supposed to like him. Uh, okay. At first, but then as they become closer, you're supposed to become closer to both of them and appreciate them both more. Yeah. That's that that and i mean a lot of the stuff that he talks about and this is and this is one of the reasons why i turned this movie off the first time i tried to watch it a few years ago is that the things that he's talking about yeah they're kind of jokes and we're supposed to kind of like laugh at the ridiculousness of it um you would be surprised how mainstream with quote-unquote regular guys those points of views were held by so, give me one sec, because I referenced a book. Oh, getting scholarly on us, Devin. Oh, no. Um, yeah, was so it... there was a book called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yes. And I think it came out just before this movie. If I, I remember, remember that being all over the news and my yeah. parents and teachers talking about it. Yeah, and it's it really has, like, that same tone, doesn't it? It's like, men and women can't be friends. They can't. Like, I I don't think it's true at I, all. Like, and I don't like the ethos I, that this book is pushing, and it seems very of that time. This is something that I was kind of thinking that we'd be touching on later. But I feel... This movie does something that I see a lot, like... This is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is a movie that I can point to as an example of a thought and, and kind of, and like a point of view that I have that makes it easier to explain. Okay. This movie does overall assumptions about just everyone. When everyone's on a scale, this movie kind of tries to make it black and white. And Billy Crystal's character at, at, at the, the, the beginning is like either, you know, it's like, no, they just can't because that part, you know, like sex gets in the way. And when in the reality and like this movie, 
points at the fact that a lot of people try to make their worldview easy by putting things in either, you know, black or white or binary or just off and on when in, you know, reality, that's only a segment of the population is like so, that. Because, I mean, like, you've got people out there who have no drive for that at all. Yeah. And they don't fit in that narrative of what he's talking about in this movie. And I, like, this movie is a perfect example of, like, look, do you see all the assumptions that are being made in this? Like, this isn't reality. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. So the one thing I will say is I actually really like that you brought that up because I don't think the movie talks about black and white in that way. And I was worried in the beginning it would. Because if you look at the first couple that they talk to, the first couple that they talk to goes, well, I saw her walk into a diner, and I knew it was love. And two weeks later, we were married. And then they like talk about when and women can't be friends. And they're setting up this very rigid definition of what a relationship is, and this very rigid definition of how friendship and men and women's relationship should work. But as the movie progresses, Harry and Sally's relationship gets more complex. The relationships between people around them get more complex. And interestingly, so do the cutaways on the couches get more complex. To the mm -hmm. point where you're having this guy go, well, I was married to my first wife. What was the name? And then I was cheating on her with the second wife. And I was at it with the third wife. And that's when I met her again. Like, that's like as, about as complex as it gets. And I really like that the movie itself builds the complexity in relationships as it goes on and doesn't stay on that black and white thing, except for maybe how the movie ends, which we'll have to talk about in a minute. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the, the, uh, that's a good point about the interludes. Like I didn't, like I've watched it several times. I've never picked up on how much more complex they get as they go along because, and it helps the movie go along because those act as like little act breaks to, to split the movie up. I was thinking about this movie in terms of kind of two things in terms of like, it, what does it have to say, which is what we're touching on now, and then as a romance movie, like how not even like as individual characters, but like my favorite part of this movie is, and, and this is something that I didn't grasp until recently, so bear with me, guys. The chemistry, <laughs> I actually really love the chemistry between these two, and like I'm not one person that looks at like I won't ever look at like Billy Crystal and go, that man is a romantic lead in any movie. Uh, at all but i'll look at like meg ryan and go yeah she should be the romantic lead in every movie and like if you were to tell me these two are like the couple i wouldn't believe you until you see them on screen together and it really does jump off at you like i had these moments where i was like they're doing these little looks or these like little glances or like meg ryan at one point is so good at portraying her character that like she looks like she's annoyed and dancing at the same time which is like something I don't know that I could do in real life, let alone in front of a camera. But like the chemistry that these two have makes that journey that these two are on so believable for me, I think. Yeah. Did you guys have that too? Or? With everyone except for Billy Crystal. You didn't like him? I just think it's his acting style. I was trying to think of it today as a prime example. The lowest that he's at is when he's at the Giants game talking to his friend about his wife moving out. That's yeah. like the lowest his character gets. And then the happiest he gets uh, when uh, at the end, when he's going through that speech that I've heard before on audio tracks uh, uh, that like bands have used to like intro a song or something. Uh -huh. um, I didn't realize that was from this until that scene. And to be honest, his range is not very wide in this for me. 
like i guess it's just a me thing mm. or because like it, it like i feel like there are scenes in in particular after he's yell after the after the scene where he blows up at his friends because he just saw Helen and um, he's outside of their house after helping them move in. I almost feel like he's a stand-up comedian struggling to act. There are times when I feel like that's how he's coming across to me. Interesting. And so like, I love Meg Ryan in this. I, Mm -hmm. uh, I love Carrie Fisher in this. I love, um, that guy that he was friends with with the mustache like he, you know yeah. like kirby there yeah um it's just i love billy crystal's acting i mean his voice acting i love his writing i find him to be a very funny person um i just this is the first time i think i've legitimately watched a whole movie with him acting in it that i can think of it... and meh <laughs> I, I wonder if part of it is because Billy Crystal looking at his IMDB, there's a lot of things where he's a lot more zany. Like the Billy yeah. Crystal in this is a lot different than the Billy Crystal in City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Uh <laughs> or in, I need to rewatch those because I used to love those movies when I was a kid. Yeah. I haven't seen them since I was like eight. But those, like that Billy Crystal is chaotic and that's when he's be- like, analyze this. It, you have him playing the, um, the psychiatrist to a mobster played by Robert De Niro. And that that's a whole different Billy Crystal than what you get here. Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. Like it's a, yeah. like the, the one that doesn't really fit the pattern is Harry. Like it is a, a different character for him and it's a little bit more dramatic, but I think there are moments of his sense of humor in this. Um, like when he's singing the karaoke at sharper image, which is such a weird sentence in 2024. Um, but there, there are moments of it. And I, like I'm looking at his IMDb and I'm like, he hasn't been in much lately. He's done a lot of Broadway and some, like the, the thing I know Billy Crystal from the most outside of this and silly slickers is hosting the Oscars. Like, wow. He, he's, he's a, he's a comedian's comedian. He like the, the best thing about him hosting the Oscars is he always sings the song about all the movies that got, got nominated that year. Uh, and he does the montages where he's in every movie. Like he's like, I miss him hosting the Oscars. I wish he would do it again. Um, but do you guys like, there was a whole debate last year about is Martin short funny? Do you guys like as in a, as as a whole? Do you think Billy Crystal is funny? Like, do you like oh, Billy yeah. Crystal? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's um, I I think that might have been another reason why I turned this movie off a few years ago was just just like I knew that it was a rom com, but I wasn't expecting that. I do you guess. know what I think it was? You guys prepared me for this. I don't think you guys realized you did this. You prepared oh. me for this when you had me watch The Holiday, and Jack Black couldn't be Jack Black. Jack Black had to be romantically Jack Black, and they gave him like one scene to be zany. So I was ready. I was like, he won't be the Billy Crystal that I know and love, and I have to be okay with that. Yeah. So, so thank you. So in in the chat, 
Uh, friend yeah. of the show, Chad asks, "What about what about when he blows up after seeing Helen?" I think that's like the that's the most Billy Crystal Crystal you get in this movie is when he like does that whole rant in Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby's apartment, where he's just like uh, going off on seeing her and like just love in general and like what how it's all gonna play out. Like that's that's peak Billy Crystal in this. Like he's very subdued the rest of the film. But that, even that, that yeah. that's when he gets to the to show his crystal. And well done. And even no, and even good. then and even then he was kind of I felt like he was pulling back a little bit for the sake of the fact of what the movie was and what his character was. Because he definitely could have gone off more on that. Um But yeah, I mean that's uh to the other side of the coin from the way that I view his character in this, the, the the argument can be made from that scene as a counterpoint. It would be like, okay, well, he wasn't flat in that scene. Like, yeah, no, he wasn't. And there, and 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 if it's the case that my I wouldn't problem say that he's flat. with the way that his... I would say that he's restrained. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I think I froze there you, for a you second. You did, but we jumped in. Okay, so, good. yeah, yeah. Um, restrained, fine. But yeah. uh, if he was meant, if his character was meant to be portrayed that way, that's fine. It just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. There's that. Um, but that scene where I guess he was, you know, more restrained, um, Right before he does that, he they show him, and this and this is what I was going to say when it cut out. Right before that happened, they do a close up of his face, and he twitches, and it was almost kind of like, "Hey, look, here's this real subdued guy." Mm-hmm. Right before he, what you know, what's blowing up for him, and you can see in his facial expressions, he snaps. Yeah, and then that's when he goes off. Um, which at the end of the day, I'll just say that the way that they portrayed the character, the way Billy Crystal portrayed this character, it just didn't work. For okay. Me. That's pretty much just a, you know, I had a moment in it where I said, I turned to Romanics group of watching together. I said, I think my favorite part about him is her. Yeah. And I think that's, I think, I think I was supposed to say that. Like, I think like if Nora Ephron had heard me say that she would be really pumped to hear that. Because I think that's how they're supposed to be. I think they're supposed to balance each other out. And the fact that they both see something so valuable in each other that they're willing to go through all this together is kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite scenes of him have to do with her. Yeah, like 100%. Like, like, like I'll... Um, this movie made... Like, I went from being like, yep, this is what this is what I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> And I'm kind of like, like, okay, decent line, but whatever. And it wasn't until the scene where he's pacing back and forth behind Meg Ryan um, while she's trying to read every address before she puts it into the mailbox. And he mm-hmm. just gets frustrated to the point where he just grabs it and throws it in the mailbox. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I totally, okay, I get it. I see what they're doing. Like, yeah. they're showing the little relationship moments that build bonds between people. And they're showing the little things you don't normally see in these movies. And it's like, it's, it's the, it's the, for lack of a better way to say it, it's, it's, it's the little cute moments that no one remembers five minutes after. 
Well, and, and the, like he that. brought those up, like at the very yeah. end, where he's like, when he was talking about the things that he loves about her in that big speech. I love that, because you saw that happen in real time. Like, you yeah. saw them build that up. Yeah, and um, that was that was... That was the moment that was like, you know, I think I might actually like this movie. And ah. then they started doing more of that. And then that's when I actually started to, to like it. Um, so, I mean, at the, 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 this movie ended with me enjoying it mm-hmm. as opposed to like, oh, my God, this is all wrapped around one question. But what I like this, what I like in this movie is it drove home a point that I feel like most people in long-term that most people in long-term relationships knows knows that it's true and it's the key building block to a long-term relationship and that is it needs to be a friendship the person you're with needs to be your best friend and this movie shows that this that for these two people the trajectory this storyline took them on was the only way that was going to happen between these two was that they needed to build that friendship first. Mm-hmm. That was the only way that these two personalities were going to work together. Yeah, and I think that plays into the title of the film. Like, yes, they meet in the first five minutes of the movie, but, like, the rest of it is, uh, like, the whole movie is, like, building to that realization that they want to be together. Agreed. And, and I like that, I don't know, I never actually thought deeply about the When Harry Met Sally part of it all, but they do kind of keep meeting, don't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, they, and I love I love the thing, like, and I think that's one of the things that, that kind of pulled me in, it was pretty quick, was that they keep meeting each other under different circumstances. At first, you know, he's in a relationship and she's single. Then, you know, she's in a relationship and he's getting married. And, then, and I love, like, that they... Like, not consciously, but they will kind of check in with each other, like, kind of periodically. Yeah. The fact that, like, that airport moving walkway conversation that Billy Crystal has with her doesn't make her mace him in the face immediately (laughs) uh, was totally fine. And then it was okay for the next check-in. Sorry, I got distracted there for a minute because my computer just kept giving me notifications that something was plugging in and unplugging from my computer. I couldn't figure out what it was. So I had to go in and oh, mute weird. the notification. So if you're watching live and heard that, <laughs> I am sorry. Uh, but it appears that my external hard drive that I have all the graphics on for this has is, is just unplugged. Um, so that that's fun. Um, so we talked a lot about Billy Crystal. We haven't talked much about Meg Ryan. Man, she's perfect. Yes, yeah. I don't know what else to yeah. say. There, she's awesome. It, it, like watching this movie, it's hard. It it's completely believable that even somebody who doesn't believe that, like some, is it? It's very easy to see how somebody falls in love with Meg Ryan in this because her character yeah. is perfect. I just I love that. I mean, Billy Crystal was right, and and he brought this up, or his character brought this up, where he's like, "Nothing affects you, does it? Nothing does." And then that moment where she calls him crying, you kind of break a little bit. Yeah. Because you went, oh, there she goes. And then you know she's in a relationship at that point, but she doesn't call that person. She calls him. And, like, it, it really, I don't know. She, she's so good. She's yeah. so good at it. I mean, I, I think, yeah, that's all I got, man. She's, like, perfect in this movie. We, we, I like her in this better than, than the other one. Then you've got mail? Yes. Okay. We haven't talked about the scene yet. 
<laughs> Devin, what was your introduction to the scene? Because you, you, you said that's all you knew about this movie. What do you know that from? The scene for anyone watching or listening who doesn't know what we're talking about is the uh, I'll have what she's having scene in Katz's diner. All right. So whatever. So whenever I was living out in Los Angeles, I do the I do the the studio tours. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's just what you do when you're out there. And one of the studio tours, wherever this was made, this is like the big scene they show like as a. You know, this was Columbia Pictures at the time, which is Paramount now, or then, which is Sony now. Mm -hmm. Is that the trajectory? So at the beginning of every studio tour, they go like, you know, Sony Studios, where movies are born. And then they show you like a clip of all of them. And they like showed the When Harry Met Sally clip in full on like this diner scene. And I think that's probably the first place I've seen it. Okay. It's one of those iconic scenes that it gets referenced in everything. Um, mm-hmm. And the scene has come up recently because there was a tribute to Billy Crystal at the Kennedy center. Uh, Kennedy center. Uh, Billy Crystal was one of the Kennedy center honors recipients at the Kennedy center for the performing arts. It was Billy Crystal, Renee Fleming, uh, B- Barry Gibb, Queen Latifah and Dion Dion Warwick. Um, no. But Billy for Billy Crystal's segment at the uh, at the ceremony, which if you don't know is a huge ceremony in Washington D.C. The president comes, a bunch of past recipients of the awards come out. They had a lot of people speak for Billy Crystal, and these are the ones that these are the, just the few that I saw uh, clips of. Uh, Robert De Niro came out and talked about Billy Crystal because of their work on Analyze oh. This and Analyze That. Um, well, people Goldberg came out and talked about their work with comedy relief and paid tribute to, uh, Robin Williams, who could not be there. Uh, the late great Robin Williams. Then Rob Reiner came out and talked about this scene. They recreated the diner behind Rob Reiner. And then they had Meg Ryan come out. Um, and Meg Ryan gave a speech about the, the, that scene. Rob, uh, Rob Reiner actually said that Billy Crystal came up with that line. And it's recited by Rob Reiner's mother. Um, so that's Rob Reiner's mother in the diner who says, I'll have what she's having. Uh, Meg Ryan came out and said, uh, that scene came really natural to, naturally to me. I really, really have Billy to thank for that. I've never actually been around anyone who made faking an orgasm easier. So thank you, Billy. Um, somehow even a million years later when Harry Met Sally is still at the top of everyone's list when people talk about their favorite rom-coms for why that movie is still so resonant uh, Ryan praised director Rob Reiner's brilliant direction or Efron's perfect script and Mark Scheinman's fantastic musical score Uh, and then there's the chemistry chemistry is well no one really knows what it is but Harry Harry and Sally had it and all I know is that acting with Billy was effortless and the characters just came alive and just meeting him. I don't know how I could, how you could not love Billy Crystal. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. so right. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering then, where does this movie sit on your guys's favorite rom-coms list? Is this, is this top? Like Meg top Ryan 10. Said. Top 10. Yeah. Ryan. I don't really know where to put it. No? 
Because don't forget to take out your trash cans. Uh, I'm gonna have to turn that off every for, Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> for the for some of the audience, they'll get this. Might be a little mm-hmm. bit upset about it. Um, to be honest, if I had the choice, uh, rom coms. I don't. I, I've never. I've never really thought about a rom coms list, but. If if I had a choice between like this or or Runaway Bride, which I know is not like that actress's top rom com either, I'd probably still end up watching Runaway Bride. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Like 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 I like this now. So now that I've watched the whole thing, but mm-hmm. I still have like the a large first chunk of the movie that i'm not eh, about like not eh, because it's bad just eh, because i'm just kind of like clunking along uh as of the storyline i'm just going through a list of top rom-coms here and i gotta say this one might be my number one really i think it is i think of especially of the ones that we watched on this podcast i think this is my number one i had a lot of fun with this one and i think that this is one that i would go back to okay like if someone's like, Devin's like someone's like watch a okay Princess Bride doesn't count. No, all right, I, it made That's it fantasy. is number fourteen on this list. Yeah, it's fantasy. Uh, if someone's like Devin, pick a pure rom com for me. I think I'm picking this one, to be honest. Okay. Like I said, this is probably top ten. Um, if I can yeah. come up with a list of ten, this is definitely in it. Um, <laughs> but we have to do this now. We need to come up with. I our mean, 10. Valentine's Day is next month, so. That's we haven't done doing. a list episode in a while, so I feel like we should do that again. Yes. Um, so one of you said you had comments on the end of the film. Yes, okay. it's me. What are your thoughts? Are you talking? So the question that are you are you talking about the the final like interview with them or? Okay. No, no, I'm talking about that they end up together. At okay. All. Because basically, when you meet them, the first thing that happens is Billy Crystal goes, men and women can't be friends. They'll, you know, sex will get in the way. Men and women can't be friends. Then the movie proceeded to show us that men and women can in fact be friends. They are great friends. They're awesome friends. Then the movie goes, just kidding. Men and women can't be friends. And then has them connect. And I was trying to think if there was another man and woman friend in this movie that would make the movie land on the men and women can be friends side of it. But it doesn't. It just means that men and women can't be friends because sex does get in the way. And that Billy Crystal in the beginning was ultimately right. Was I, am I right in that interpretation of it? I don't think you're wrong, but I don't think you're right. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I feel like the movie is saying, you can be friends, but don't let your denial of feel like, don't be in denial about your true feelings. And then if you genuinely are just friends, that's just yeah. fine. Okay. Cause that's, that's okay. That's totally fine. It, uh, or is the movie saying you just can't be friends with Meg Ryan? <laughs> so like, this movie doesn't take a stance because it wants you to make up your own mind on you it. Think so? Because be, well, because at the, the, the at the, the 
at the end of the day, that's what it falls on. This movie can take a stance one way or the other, and half and half uh, and half the people who see it aren't going to agree with it because you are going to have people, men or women, whatever, um, who look at this and go, "Yeah, no, I could never." And then you know you'll have others who are like, "Yeah, no, I I have like five, you know, women who are friends or something." So I mean, like it's this is what I meant before at the very beginning where it's like, this movie is a perfect example of like, this is what happens that people unintentionally make life more difficult than it has Mm -hmm. to be when Mm -hmm. they think of these ridiculous rules that they think are universal when they're not. Yeah. And I, and, and that's what I feel like Billy's character learns in the 12 years between meeting Sally for the first time and eventually confronting her at the New Year's Eve party where it's he kind of realizes that like this stupid rule he had when he was younger that he was trying to follow it it doesn't last well it doesn't last it doesn't work in reality Devin where are you on the standpoint of can men and women be friends I have a lot of female friends I I I think we can definitely be friends and just friends I think it's weird to think otherwise I do too what about you? I, I'm, I'm in the same yeah. boat. Ryan? Yeah. 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 Okay. So then it got me thinking, and I, I have one if you guys don't, but do you have any like weird rules that you guys heard someone say that you're like, that's not going to hold up to any kind of scrutiny in life? Because like, like men and women can't be friends. That's just a rule. And while you're thinking of one, if you might have one, I okay. have one. I heard someone go one time, as a rule, I always go to bed early. Because nothing good happens after midnight. And I went, what? You're friends with Ted Mosby? Guys, it... I, well, <laughs> I, I mean, wasn't, because it's past midnight now, and this is still happening. So clearly good stuff uh, happening. I mean, the, the only other thing I've heard that's even... That, 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 like, kind of runs into that is if you find yourself pulling $400 out of an ATM at 3 in the morning, usually it's not for anything good. <laughs> All right, it's fair. I've never <laughs> never done that. That's not my answer to this, but it just made me think of that. The, stra- the strangest thing that I've ever heard, and this isn't really just, this isn't really like a life tip it, or like rule, but just like a travel one. Like if you, ne- if you need to stop somewhere, it's on the wrong side of the road, you just keep going. They don't try to cross the highway. <laughs> um, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I always stop. I cross. I was in the time. Boy Scout, so I heard some really weird things, and I don't really know what to pick for this. So I, 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 you I don't really know. You just gesture broadly to the whole Boy Scouts manual, and you just go see this. Just all of the weird things I heard from, like, in, not not the manual. I'm talking about from the individual people in it. I was like, in uh, Cub Scouts for a while, and it kind of attracted people that had very strict life rules. of. Well, not, not even strict, just weird. I yeah. mean... I'm talking like I, 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 I knew a kid that recited the whole like early, uh, early to bed, early to rise, and whatever the 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 like end of that saying is. He would say that every, every like every morning, or like every night. So I'm talking oh like that level, like that level of, of of like I've heard a ton of different things like that throughout my life, and I just tend to ignore them. I just tend to. Did ignore- you run? In, did you run into that guy later at an airport? 
Uh, and then I later think... again uh, at a party. No. It'll happen. Don't worry. All right. Devin. So I, <laughs> I have one more thing before we wrap this up. I hope you guys have been practicing because yeah. now we're going to do our best fake orgasm on camera. <laughs> no, yes, I'm let's do it. Go. We're not going to. I have been. Bye. <laughs> 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 um, no, we're not going to do that. Um, uh, I think that does it for When Harry Met Sally. I'm glad to hear that you like this, Devin. I did um, very much I feel so. like I know what the next rom-com is going to be, and it's going to be something very different from what we've done so far on the show. Is it is it Phantom Thread? <laughs> yes. No, it's not the Phantom Thread. Good. <laughs> Although I would love to see a rom com with Daniel Day Lewis as the as the male lead. Who yeah. doesn't, man? He is or so no. I'll do you one better. A romantic comedy with Daniel Day Lewis as the quirky best friend. Like have him be the Carrie Fisher <laughs> role. <laughs> I want his role from There Would Be Blood as the quirky best friend. You drink his milkshake. <laughs> oh, um, so that does it for this week's episode. Next week, it is Ryan's pick to pick a movie that one like Devin and I had never seen. Ryan, what is your pick? I am picking The Ritual. The ritual. Okay. Or, never heard of it. Yeah. Did I say that right? Ritual, Did I pronounce ritual? that right? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Although if the I say ritual. it again, it's going to just start sounding like sounds and not an actual word. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for this week's You Have to Watch This Podcast. Thanks for joining us live on Wednesday nights where I have to remember to turn off my Alexa so it doesn't go off in the middle of the show again. Um, we'll be do- going live on Wednesdays for the foreseeable future because I had some stuff come up with work that I will not be available on t- every Tuesday. So we're just going to stick to Wednesdays. Um, you can work. subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, Facebook, follow us on Instagram where you can also see us live if you're out and about on the go. Uh, We'll be going live there from now on as well. Uh, As long as it doesn't crap out my computer like it did tonight. Um, (laughs) You can also listen to You Have to Watch This Podcast on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon. Uh, So if you have an Alexa that likes to go off in the middle of your podcast, you can listen to us there. Uh, But just don't listen to us while you're podcasting. It's a little bit redundant. Um... Until next time, for You Have to Watch This, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I'll have what he's having. That would make for a very awkward scene.